Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life, encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends through perspectives of hope in Jesus Christ. Our show in New England is an extension of a program that I did for many years in Hawaii. Today, we reach back into the vault, and I've got a special one for you. Open your heart. Hear what the Lord has to say to you today. When Robin Jones Gunn was in first grade, Her teacher wrote on her report card, Robin keeps the entire class entertained at rug time with her stories. Even with such an early affirmation, Robin didn't seriously consider becoming a writer during her high school or college years. She was more intrigued by the idea of traveling to foreign lands and telling people about God's love. But Robin's husband, also noticed her gift for storytelling and urged her to attend a writer's conference. That first conference opened the door of publication of devotions, articles, interviews, and eventually 15 children's books. While on a camping trip with their church youth group, Robin grew concerned when she saw what the girls were reading in their tents. The 13-year-olds challenged her, saying, If you don't want us to read these books, then you should write novels for us. We'll even tell you what to write. How hard could that be? Well, Robin Jones Gunn did something. And God did even more. She's here to tell, tell us about it today. We pause at the beginning of our show just to remind you the reason we have the Good Life Radio program, dear friend, is to lead you to Jesus Christ, for you to know His love, for you to know His grace. We we understand, because we go through it too. Sometimes in life, it's very tough, and we need hope. Sometimes hope is all we need to get us through, but not just hoping in hope itself some happy saying, but hope in Christ, the foundation of Him who knows us and loves us and has a purpose for our lives. And that's why Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He shed His precious blood on that cross to wash our sins away. He was buried and He rose again on the third day. And today, the living Christ calls you to Himself. Would you open your heart to Jesus? Would you turn from the ways that you know are not pleasing to God and follow Christ with all your heart? Surrender your life to Him and walk in His ways? I hope you would, my friend. In fact, we're praying that you would. Others are praying that you would. Even perhaps your mom and dad and family and friends are praying for you right now. Robin Jones Gunn is a best-selling author and speaker. Over the past 25 years, she's written 82 books with almost 4.5 million copies sold worldwide. 
to her great delight, her books are doing exactly what she's always hoped to do. They are traveling around the world and telling people about God's love. She's doing the same. Over the past 10 years, Robin has been invited to speak at events around the United States and Canada, as well as in South America, Africa, Europe, and Australia. She and her husband have two grown children. They've been married for 35 years. They live in Hawaii. They live on Maui, where she continues to write and speak. Robin, welcome to our show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. How was the girls' getaway cruise in the Bahamas? (laughs) It was pretty wonderful. I mean, when a Christian cruise organization contacts you and says, would you come please minister to these women in the Bahamas, you just have to go and (laughs) be obedient and see what you can do. Not all of us get to go to the Bahamas, and I'm, 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 I'm quite certain, I think, you know, that women are pretty intrigued by hearing that, maybe excited about hearing that, maybe want to go with you if you ever go again. But take us there. What was it like? Who was there? What did you do? What was so amazing was that it was an opportunity for mothers and daughters and friends to get out of their regular routine and get away where they are just being loved. And we had um, a fabulous Christian music group, Selah, that was there, and different Christian speakers, and a time of fellowship. And that gift for some of those women was life-changing. There was a mother-daughter combo that came, and they had, they, they the husband and wife surprised the 18-year-old daughter on her birthday, just four days before the cruise, and said, you get to go on a cruise and meet your favorite author. And the mom had done great sacrifice, having garage sales and everything she could to save up the money to go on this. And what I saw happen with them just bonding on this trip and the way that this daughter was just so open to what the Lord had next for her life, those kinds of things don't always happen in the routine. And so it was getting out of the routine and getting in a place where you're just so cocooned with God's love and all that fellowship. It's just like sprouts of new life and hope. And a memory that will last for eternity. Yes, mom, absolutely. Mom and daughter, right? Yeah. And that happened. So so women go, I mean, it's, it's exclusively, exclusively for women, right? This, yes, this, this particular cruise was. No, no men allowed. No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> uh, what, what's one of your, uh, one of those special memories for you personally? Well, I have a daughter and I have had some, pretty amazing moments with her over the years. But I think one was when I, when she was young and her body was beginning to change and I knew that she's going to get a lot of information from different sources, but I wanted to be the one that would celebrate her, that metamorphosis as, as she was becoming a woman. And so I hosted a little party for her when my husband and son were gone for the weekend and I wrote an invitation for her and set the music and candles and had little cupcakes and she came down the stairs and I only had eyes for her. I wanted her to know she had my full attention. We sat on the couch and I told her what was going to happen, how her body was going to change and what a gift it was because now 
as God was preparing her to be a woman, she would be able to one day bear new life. Boys can't do that. Angels can't do that. It's it's a gift God's given to women. And it just it that's that moment was just that changing of our relationship that she felt she could talk to me about anything and that we see the the beauty of God's plan and his creation in, in all details. It's just a thirteen year old girls uh reading books yes. in a tent. Yes. It it becomes a, a genesis moment for you and your career and, and how God has set you apart, really created you for what you're doing today. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we need divine detours in our lives to get us on really into the sweet spot of where the Lord would have us. What happened when those girls challenged you and said, hey, you write... And we'll, in fact, we'll help, we'll tell you what to write. Uh, what happened during that period, particularly what happened, I guess it was about three, three days a week, you'd wake up at about three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what happened at that time? I love how you said divine detours, Danny, because that's exactly what it was. I probably should just hop back to when I, what you had said in the introduction, how I really wanted to be a missionary mm. and I had, given my life to Christ at summer camp when I was 12. During high school, I hosted Bible studies on my school campus, went on mission trips to Mexico. I was living in Southern California at the time. In college, I went on mission trips, and I was so set to be a missionary. And then I applied by, I went to the Urbana Conference that's held every four years, and you can Give a list of all your abilities and gifts and interests, and then the computer will match you up with where there's ministry opportunities around the world. And when I got my matchup printed on that computer paper, the answer for God's will for my life was to be a laundry supervisor in Nairobi, Kenya. (laughs) Not exactly what I thought. And so I applied. We missed something here. (laughs) (laughs) My unique skills, that was about it. So I was teaching a Sunday school class at the time with these young girls, 10, 12, 13 years old. And I told them, I'm going to Africa. I'm going to wash laundry for Jesus. They said, why? I said, oh, you don't understand. I'm going to get a big basket and put it on my head. I'm going to go down to the river and I'm going to pound those clothes and the women will be singing from the village and baby elephants will be in the room. (laughs) And it it just, my storytelling mind had just embellished it so that all these girls in the Sunday school class were really hoping that Jesus would call them to be a laundry (laughs) supervisor too. And when I received a letter from the mission, it said that I was rejected. I didn't have the skill set they were looking for to be a laundry supervisor. Now, when you are 22 years old and you can't even wash clothes for the Lord in Africa, it, it it's that's rough. I was so lost, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And so I went to the girls in the Sunday school class and said, oh, you can stop praying. I'm not going to Africa. I was rejected. <laughs> and one of the girls said, good, because we think you should just tell stories. We love it in Sunday school class when you tell us about women in the Bible. And we, we don't, we didn't want you to go to Africa. We want you to tell stories. But you see, I thought that telling stories was a shameful thing. It was negative in my mind because as I was growing up, 
I always got in trouble for telling stories. They called it lying. <laughs> I was always embellishing and exaggerating and making more of a moment than so, was so, there. So you had the gift of making a mountain out of a mole. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I kept getting in trouble for it. So for these girls to say, that's what, that's what we think you should do with your life. I didn't see it. And then it was a process of about 10 years of God sanctifying that gift and, and focusing my direction and teaching me how to write and tell stories so that when we get to this moment where these girls are in the tent, okay. it's 10 years later, a whole new batch of girls, and they're reading all these really evocative novels that they got from the library. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 my heart just went out to them that that's not what they should be focusing on and making their assumption that life is like that. So I... I was challenged, as you said, by those girls that I should write something else, and I I went to work. A stirring of her heart. Mm-hmm. She was moved when she saw that. She something there was a check in her spirit. This we can do better for these girls, and that stirring in her heart resulted in a comment maybe more than a comment, and then a dialogue, an interaction between these teens. And God was using that. God was in it. God was preparing to reposition Robin Jones' gun for the career that she has and the impact that she's had on millions and millions of readers. We're going to take a quick break right now, but when we come back, Robin, I want you to share about your uh, your relationship with Christ, how that came about. Then I want to go in and find out more about this process, the 3 a.m., uh, things that you did at 3 a.m., three days a week, and then when we come back, sometime along in this program, we've got to hear about Christy Miller, Sierra Jensen, Sister Chicks, I'm wondering who's Katie Weldon, that and others, uh, as we just talk story as we do here at the Good Life Radio Show. Open your heart to what the Lord has to say, because I believe he has a profound word that's very practical for you today. From Robin Jones Gunn, she's with us, and we'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life, aimlessly beneath the barren sky. Leave it to me, I lead you home. What can we learn about evangelism? Danny Yamashiro here. Rebecca Manley Pipper wrote in her book, Out of the Salt Shaker and Into the World. I once asked a woman if she felt comfortable about evangelism. Oh yes, she responded. I do it twice a week. Somehow, it sounded more like taking multiple vitamins. Evangelism isn't just something you do out there and then get back to normal living. Evangelism involves taking people seriously, getting across to their island of concerns and needs, and then sharing Christ as Lord in the context of our natural living situations. 
For more inspiration on evangelism, go to drdanny.live. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. Please enjoy. Did you ever feel like there was something unique that you had and a unique ability well, that God had given to you, but it was never really acknowledged? No one ever said anything really even positive. In fact, you might have gotten negative responses to this thing you thought was a gift from God. And you didn't ever really know how special it was until in some strange way, in an unusual circumstance, even the people that began to, to recognize it were, were, would have been obscure. And yet God used them to open your eyes to the gift that he had given to you. And then now it was your turn to begin to develop it. Well, we're talking about a process of change. It takes time. But sometimes God is giving us those change moments and we don't even realize it. Perhaps you're going through a change moment in your life where God is maybe unearthing something that has been uh, covered over for many years, but you have incredible gifts. Uh, uh, yes, you have incredible gifts, and that's why God sends Robin Jones Gunn in studio today to share. She's a best-selling author. She's had over uh, 4.5 million books, 82 books written, and these books have sold, and they're going all over the world. It's ironic how God has used a missionary, missionary heart, but now he's used her to write, and her books are going places that she herself may or could probably not go and reach the people that are there. You're listening to The Good Life Hawaii Radio Show. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Robin Jones-Gunn is my guest today to find out more about our program, get our program in its entirety as a free podcast. Go to thegoodlifehawaii.com. And to connect with Robin Jones Gunn, robingun.com. That's two N's, robingun.com. The discovery. God uses 13-year-old girls reading books in a tent. Uh, what did God do next? Well, I knew I had to get to work and start writing, and I had no idea how to do that. I hadn't had any training. I just knew that God gifted me to be a storyteller, and that's what the girls just continued to respond to, just tell us stories. So what I did was I would write a little bit of a book. They wanted a romance novel. They wanted the teen characters to be people like them. And so uh, Christy was the main character, and Todd was the surfer guy, all set in Southern California. I would go to the Sunday school class I was teaching, Every week, and after I taught the lesson, I would stand in front of these girls with what I had written during the week, and I was shaking as I would read to them 
the beginning of the story and they would roll their eyes. And as soon as I finished reading, they'd say, oh, we don't talk like that. We would never wear that. You just don't know anything. (laughs) And they're right. I didn't. So they taught me. They said, well, we would say it this way. You should write it this way. Oh, we think this should happen. So I would go home and I would start to work on it. But see, the thing with having a gift and God shepherding you to use that gift and the refining is there's a price to pay and that price needs to be ours not i realized my family shouldn't have to pay the price because god is inviting me to write a story so i can't say to my husband honey take the children to the park i'm serving jesus by writing all day long and you have to bring home dinner i mean i had to find a way to fit in that writing time during a really busy life. My husband was a youth pastor. We had two children. And so I started getting up three days a week at three in the morning. And I would just write that phone never rang. The house was quiet. The kids never got up. And in that time, I was able to continue working on this story. So it took two years. And during that time, I kept sending it off to publishers. And I had 10 rejections. Another series of rejections. You can't be a missionary to Africa and wash laundry and we don't want your book. I mean, just how do you keep going? How do you, two years of working on it. How do you keep going? It has to be God. It has to be God. I came across a verse in Jeremiah 20, verse 9, that just was like a electric verse to me. And it says, but if I say I will not mention him anymore or speak in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. I wrote that on a three by five card and I put it by the kitchen sink where I wash dishes. We didn't have a dishwasher, so I was at the sink all the time. And it just resonated with me that this was a fire in my belly. I mean, my bones felt it that... There have to be alternative books for teenage girls that show them what it's like to be a Christian, that lead them into the light, not into more darkness. If, if it's not me, then I have to be praying for someone else who will write these books. But I, I, I can't keep my mouth shut. And so after those two years and continuing to send the books off, the first book was picked up by Focus on the Family Publishing right when they started their publishing division. It was such a happy day. It was just unbelievable. And within a few weeks of when that first book was published in 1988, this is 25 years ago, and that first letter came from a reader. And she said, when she got to the part in the book where she read how Christy realized she wasn't a Christian just because she went to church with her parents, but she needed to give her life to Christ and in the book, Christy prays and surrenders her life to the Lord. This reader said in her letter that she knew she wasn't a Christian. And so she prayed right along with Christy and gave her life to Christ. And right then, it was this breakthrough moment that God had used that book to draw this young heart into his kingdom. And in the last 25 years, I have received Thousands and thousands of letters. We lost count a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I was storing them in boxes in the garage. We just didn't have room for them anymore. But and you don't want to throw any of them no, away. No, they're all alive. A young 
heart, I'm going to meet in heaven. You're going to meet these women in heaven that Jesus chose to use a story to draw them into his kingdom. And it, I can't explain it. The books are still selling after 25 years. Just last week, I had another letter, and this was from Malaysia, from a girl who'd given her life to Christ after reading the books. How did that book get to Malaysia? It's just, oh, it's, I can't explain it. It's just God. But it's, I really see that it's paying attention to see what that gift is that God's given you and doing the hard work. Show up. Be there to work with that fire in your belly, and and God does miraculous things you cannot ever explain. These are the precious moments, uh, as as Robin Jones Gunn shares with us. You see, you could have a, a calling, you could have a vision, you could even have this compelling. It's like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in, and I cannot endure it. But if behind the scenes you are not willing, just you and the Lord, and often it's like that for an extended period of time, far beyond you would have ever thought. Why? Because we live in a microwave society, and we want instant uh, gratification, instant results. But it's in those 3 o'clock a.m., 3 a.m. mornings, all quiet, just you and God, where the Lord, well, perhaps the Lord at those times will deposit ideas, deposit insights, draw you deeper in prayer, open up your heart, open up your spirit to, to things that He would not normally divulge, but because you're available at those moments, those are those precious times. I'm just hearing uh, the beginnings of what God had prepared for you, Robin, and to know what has happened. It's an incredible thing. The redemptive power of the Lord through your books. Tell us a little bit more about Christy Miller. How did she develop as a character? Well, first we had one book about Christy, and then when the publisher saw this life change result, they said, we need more books. These are having a good effect on teenagers today. We need to have more of this role modeling that you're doing in the books. So I wrote a second and a third and a fourth. Soon we had 12 books in the Christy Miller series, and that rolled over into the Sierra Jensen series, and then the College Year series, and then most recently the Katie Weldon series. So it's just this this collection of imaginary characters that are God lovers and they are demonstrating through the stories what it looks like to follow the Lord. Not perfect by any means because they're all floundering as they go, but their hearts are to the Lord and their hearts are, are turned back. And, and they, so it started with Christy when she was 15 and now She's she's almost 24, 25 now that I've been writing about her for so long. Do you ever feel like she's a real person? Oh, all the time. And one time, because the books are set in Newport Beach, California, and my husband and I were driving through Newport Beach. The kids were in the back seat, and I saw this stoplight, and I told my husband, wait, stop the car right here. What, what, what? 
This is the intersection where Todd gave Christy the carnations. <laughs> this whole scene from the books, and my husband said it. It didn't really happen. And I said, "Yes, it did." And the kids are in the back seat, going, "Mom, you're scaring us." <laughs> But yeah, it does feel like it's overlap because the characters are so based on all these teenagers we've known over the years and their life experiences and stories they would tell us, and then I'd incorporate it into the books. I even had teenage girls who would start to tell me about this terrible breakup with this guy they really loved, and. Then they'd stop and say, "Wait, I'm not going to tell you. You'll put it in one of your books." <laughs> <laughs> the process of creativity. Now, maybe I could be so bold as to go beyond and say, "This is a sacred uh, duty that you have uh, with the gifting that God has entrusted to you as a stewarding of these gifts." When we come back from our break, Robin. Can you share just a little bit? Just, just give us a little glimpse of what that creative process is like. What happens when you sit? Do you pray? Do do you uh, ask the Lord for the idea? How does the Lord download it into <laughs> your heart and spirit? And then how does it? How is it um, transmitted? Whether it's you write it with your hand or. Type it on a computer. How does it get from the idea of the all so creative, marvelously creative God, transferred into a book, sitting in the hand of a teenage girl, reading it and being ministered to? Could you give us a glimpse, please, when we come back? Robin Jones Gunn. She said yes. She's going to give us a glimpse. You don't want to miss this when we come back. Stay with us. Wandering the road of desperate life. Beneath the barren sky, leave it to me. I lead you home. This is Danny Yamashiro. Don Pick Benson wrote, "When I was growing up, my dad was a farmer, not a Christian. He had little interest in faith, having been told by his father that the Bible was a fairy tale." But then a local pastor took an interest in my dad, asking if he could help plow the fields on the weekend. That one act of service spoke louder than words ever could to my dad. By his actions, the pastor made my dad feel loved, and that did more than any preaching could have. He didn't need convincing about the theological correctness of the Bible. He needed to feel God's love. For him, this pastor met that need in a practical way, and that's evangelism. For more inspiration on evangelism, go to drdanny.live. You're listening to the Good Life with Dr. Danny. A program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview. When I hosted this show in Hawaii, please enjoy.
Speaking of none other than Robin Jones Gunn, she's in studio. And Robin Jones Gunn, you know, that name, doesn't it sound like just the name of a famous person? Well, it's appropriate because she is a famous person, well-known author and speaker. And you can find out more about her at Robin Gunn, that's with two N's, RobinGunn.com. RobinGunn.com, and you can even buy her books there. There's a shop uh, section there at her website. You can get her books there, as well as uh, book outlets everywhere. RobinGunn.com. Robin, take us into that. The, the, that sacred moment of creating writing, what is it like? As with every ministry, it starts with prayer. It, it, it just has to, because it needs to be dedicated to the Lord. It's his work. And so I always feel like I'm just being invited when I start a new book to partner with the Lord and, and discover the story that he wants to tell. So I always start with binders, three ring binders. And before I start a new book, I get a tablet of paper and go away from all the distractions and write out a prayer to the Lord of dedication, that this book is dedicated to him. And I ask that his Holy Spirit would give me insight and wisdom and to know what to write and just craft that story the way it should be. So that's the first page in every binder for every book. And then the next thing I work on, not the plot, not what's going to happen, but I I love the characters. So I start working on the characters first. And I've done this exercise in schools all over for elementary schools, high schools, this one simple exercise to get a story idea going. I cut out pictures from magazines, catalogs, put them in a bag, and pass them out to all the students because this is what I do. I have all these pictures of of characters and I I pull one out and look at them and decide if they should be in this story. It's kind of like a casting call for a Hmm. production. And so then I, well, I'll just tell you how how I do it in a classroom. So I have the students paste that picture on a piece of paper and then they look at that person and they introduce themselves. Hello, my name is Robin. What's your name? And then they turn on the TV in their imagination and listen and have that character tell them, oh, my name is Bob. I don't know, you know, and they write that down. Sometimes the character, their imagination will will tell them their full name. And then there's just three things they do on this paper. What is your name? And the second thing is tell me something about yourself. And maybe Bob will say, well, I'm allergic to peanuts. Oh, interesting. That could really work in the story. So you write it down. And then the third thing I have them ask this character is, what is your problem? Because you don't have fiction unless you have friction. So you have to have a problem because it needs to be solved by the end. And when I do this exercise in classrooms, I have the students come up with their character's name and the unique standout something about the character and then what the problem is. And then I pair them up with another student and they go face to face and introduce, okay, this is my character, Bob, and he's allergic to peanuts. And the problem is he goes to a birthday party and eats a cupcake and doesn't realize that, you know, so you can see the story unfolding. If you've ever been around someone who's allergic to peanuts, you know how dangerous that is. Mm -hmm. So when they are with the other student and they present their character, 
then the other student has to tell you how Bob solves his problem. So it's like a group kind of a critique group. And, and I've done that over the years individually as a writer where I meet with other writers and bounce ideas around. And then we really help each other out because someone else might see something that I wouldn't. And it just all starts to form into a story. So then I, the next thing I do simply is take a calendar and I decide the day that the story should begin. Oh, it's a Tuesday afternoon in March. How about that? What's the weather like? What's the location? What is my character going to be wearing? Where are they at that moment when the, the curtains open and the, the play begins? And then I decide the day the story is going to end. And so I kind of know this is how much time is going to pass and you know, it can always be changed, but, and, and then I just start thinking about it and thinking about it and writing notes here and there by hand or just in the shower, an idea will come. And it's just a couple week process of getting familiar with the character. And then I just sit down at the laptop and I just start writing. Just let the story flow. That's one way. I mean, different people outline or the, but that's how it comes to me. It that's just flows. your way. Yeah, it, it's worked, I guess, so far. <laughs> it certainly has. It certainly has. Did something happen in England? Well, in school? I, yes, because I was invited to go to England to teach how to write. And I had only been writing for about 10 or 12 years and felt quite inadequate to go be an instructor. But, you know, I could talk about my process just as I've told you. And the first day we were at a conference center in Cambridge, England. And at lunch, a young woman across the table waited until everyone else had left. And then she leaned over and said, I wanted to tell you that when I was in high school, I read the Christy Miller books. And they had a strong effect on my life in that they made me want to go into publishing. And now that's what I'm doing with my life. I want to get good books out there. I said, that's, that's, Incredible. That's amazing. Her name on her name badge was Wambura. And mm-hmm. I said, that's such a beautiful name. Where are you from? She said, I am from Nairobi, Kenya. I said, wait a minute, Wambura, do you know that when I was your age, I thought I was going to be a laundry supervisor in Nairobi, Kenya. <laughs> I told her about how I had applied to go and serve the Lord this way. And she said, why would you do that? And I told her the whole story. I was going to get a big basket and put it on my head and go down to the river and pound the clothes. She was laughing. And then she said to me something so profound, it radically changed how I saw God working in my life. She said, Robin, you did not need to come to Africa to wash our clothes you sent your stories, and they have washed our hearts. <laughs> and that's what I knew, that obeying God is what really matters, because he he's the one that plants the dreams in our hearts. He's the one who accomplishes his purposes for us. I love that verse in Psalm 138.8, the Lord will fulfill his purposes for me. And when he does it, His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. It's never the way we think it's going to be. It's so much better when we continue to yield to him and and allow him to accomplish his purposes, his ways. So just seeing that here, my heart's desire from the time I was so young was to be a missionary. And here I'm being told 
by a woman from Kenya who had read my books that God had accomplished his purposes. I was a missionary. I wasn't flying around the world. Actually, I am now. I'm doing a lot of speaking internationally. But at that time, the books were the ones that were going out all over the world. And that the good news was smuggled in there. It was, it was tucked in there, the light, the, the hope we have in Christ, so that readers could come to know the Lord. And these are readers who, who wouldn't go to church or, or didn't have Christian family or, or didn't know any other way to, to come to Christ. It was a story. It was that message tucked into the story. So then the full circle is so fun because I was invited just six years ago to teach at another writer's conference. And this one was in Nairobi, Kenya. And so I told Wambura that I was coming to Africa at last. And she told me, well, after the conference, you must come to my apartment and stay with me because I want to participate in God's will for your life. So I will let you wash my laundry. (laughs) When I got to her house, she had a big basket. I put it on my head. We walked around. We Mm -hmm. laughed. It was just such a delight. And I just felt like how that must just please the Lord when we are like little children in his kingdom to just delight in what he's doing because it's so different than the way we would have scripted it. If we were writing our path and how we think that we should accomplish these things that are going to be so important, it's it's so much more liberating to just let God write. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Let him write the story. Let him, you know, be our shepherd and, and take us through each day. You are inspiring. And as you speak, I'm reminded of how often we short-circuit God's plans. Uh, some, some of us, maybe I should just speak for myself. Sometimes I ask for God to bless me, and then I try to bless myself. <laughs> or I'll pray, and I try to answer my own prayer. And the Lord, I think, he looks, he goes, Danny boy. <laughs> well, if that's all you... You got, mm-hmm. that's all you want. Well, you know, I'll just, I'll just hold off until you're ready for what I have. But oh, Robin, with sim- simplicity and obedience, mm-hmm. a simple, obedient heart, just look. Look what God has done. When you talk about going around full circle, as it were, and, uh, Truly how God is able to do exceeding abundantly above and beyond all that you could have ever asked or thought. You testify of that indeed. My friend, as you listen today, here, here is a, a product, uh, a person, really, a product. But the byproduct of simplicity and obedience is, is, is stuff that you could have never imagined. And sometimes, my friend, that's all the Lord wants us to do. We sometimes want to do so much for God, and God is just saying, no, 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 just do this one thing. It's very simple. Sometimes it's not how much more we do. It's that we we stop after we've done what we've been called to do. I guess that's why Jesus himself could say, it is finished. He knew when his work was done. 
It's not so much how big or how much, but are we obedient? Robin Jones Gunn is a great example of that for us today. You can see the fruitfulness of her life in Christ. When we come back from our break, we'll hear more from her in this final segment. Sometimes I wish we could go on and on. And you know, the Lord, I think maybe the Lord gives us a frame of time so that the the best, the most pertinent, particularly for our lives right now, can be distilled just the way we need it today. And I think that's what God is doing. Don't you, as you listen to our dear guest, we'll be back with more from Robin Jones Gunn. Welcome back. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us. Wandering the road of desperate life, aimlessly beneath the barren sky. Leave it to me. I lead you home. Jeremiah thirty-three three says, "Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know." The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a program that was born out of prayer. The Spirit of Christ guides us through prayer, empowers us through prayer, and provides for us through prayer. There are mighty things that the Lord is doing in the Northeast, across the United States, and around the world. Would you like to be a part of God's work through the good life with Dr. Danny? Visit drdanny.live. Dr. Danny invites you to join his prayer team. Each month, you will receive a letter updating you on some of the behind-the-scenes developments, prayer requests, along with a devotional that Dr. Danny writes to encourage you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Join the prayer team today and make an eternal difference in people's lives. Visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. Please enjoy. Talking about the story of Robin Jones Gunn, uh, the story of her her life and career at, as an author, uh, but she's got more to share. And you're listening to the Good Life Hawaii Radio Show. I'm Danny Yamashiro. To find out more, go to thegoodlifehawaii.com and get this podcast and other resources there. And Robin Jones Gunn, go to robingunn.com. That's with two ends. Robingunn.com and get her books. There and, and to her uh, resource and find out more about her and what God is doing through her life and ministry. Robin, talk to us about the river. <laughs> what is the river? What happened there? What's it all about? Well, you see, I went to Africa a second time just last November, almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is how good God is. He's just double blessing. It's not enough for him to just send me to Africa one time, but a second time. And this time, Wambura had set up, um, we, we were both teaching at a writer's conference. I mean, is that full circle or what? Here we are both teaching 
um, writers from around the world how to write books that would bring honor to the Lord. And the conference was held in Nairobi. So afterwards, she had set up for she and I to go on a little safari. Pretty exciting. But before we got to our destination, we were driving along and I saw a river. We went over the bridge and I said to Wambora, stop the car. She said, you have to go, don't you? Because at the river, there were women from the village that were washing their clothes, Danny. I'm not kidding. It was just like <laughs> in my imagination to those girls in my Sunday school class 40 years ago when I was, exp- there was, there was no baby elephant. That was the only thing missing. That, that was your added part. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a river and women and their babies slung over their shoulders oh. and buckets and they're singing a little song. And I got out of the car and Wambora said, just go introduce she knew. yourself. She knew yeah. you needed she goes, you have to go put your hands in that woman's bucket. And I said, what do I say? She said, introduce yourself. She speaks English. But, you know, you know a little Swahili, which is jumbo, which is hello. And I knew Rafiki, which is friend. Mm-hmm. So I got out and I walked across the grassy area. These women are staring at me. I am so white. <laughs> I went up to the first lady and I said, jumbo, I I really can't explain it, but I need to wash clothes in Africa. <laughs> she <laughs> looked at me and said, why? <laughs> and I said, I, 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 I just need to put my hands in your bucket. May I? Sure. And I stuck my hands in and there was a blue sweater and it smelled like almonds. The water was all bubbly and cold. Mm-hmm. And I just wash, wash, wash and pulled my hands out and they were tingly. And I said, thank you so much. And I turned to walk away, and I said, God bless you. And as I'm walking away, she put back her shoulders, and she said, I will see you in heaven, Rafiki. (laughs) I got back to the car, and Wambura said, so what do you think? Is that what you were created to do? Wash clothes in Africa? It's been your dream since you were so young. I said, yeah, not so much. I think maybe storytelling was what I was created to do. And as we drove away, Wambora said, do you see what a gift that was? Mm. Women need to know what they are created to do. And so many women need to put their hands in the bucket of what they thought was their dream for their life and realize that's not what God had. Mm. It's something bigger. It's something mm. so much more amazing than just what your limited vision is. Mm. You've written a book that just got just got published. It's out in stores now called Victim of Grace, When God's Goodness Prevails. Yes. There's a direct parallel. Yes. Well, I've been telling these stories about Wambura and all the writing stories for so many years. I was invited to write a book that incorporated those stories. Mm. And I had to title it Victim of Grace because that's what I feel we are. We are not victims of circumstances. God is in control. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He doesn't show up. We show up. We show up and we are obedient and he accomplishes his purposes in our lives and he pours out his grace on us. He is relentless. We cannot stop him from being faithful and loving to us. We're victims. He just continues and continues and continues to pursue us. We can't stop him. He's so good. His goodness prevails. As you, with vibrancy, share that, could you pray for a dear woman, a dear friend today, who uh, 
is being uplifted by it. And just pray with the Lord like a ceiling of blessing yes. in the name of Christ over a dear friend. Gladly. We've got another couple minutes, so please. Oh, Father God, you are so great and so beyond our understanding. All we can do is surrender to you completely, our heart, our soul, our mind, our bodies. You told us in your word in Romans 12, 1 and 2, to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. That's being a victim. And I pray, Father, for those who are listening today, that they would take that step to surrender completely, to just trust you, to not see themselves as victims of circumstances or life didn't go the way they wanted it to. You're in control. You create something out of nothing. And God, I ask that you would create something beautiful out of the nothing of the rubble of so many lives, that you would regenerate, that your resurrection power would be alive in the lives of the women that are listening and surrendering to you right now. And Father God, I thank you that you are relentless in your pursuit of us, that you never give up. You want us back. We are your first love, and you are never going to stop loving us. Thank you, Father. Thank you for all that you have done to draw us to yourself. And I pray that we would never take that lightly. You moved heaven and earth so that we could be yours. I I pray this in the name of Jesus, that many women would surrender fully to you today. Amen. 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 Robin, thank you. Of course. Thank you for (laughs) your heart and uh, your sharing and really giving giving us a glimpse of your life and your ministry and the creative genius that God has given to you. Thank you for sharing that. All glory has to go to God. I'm telling you, it has to be His. It is. I hope, dear friend, that as you listen today to these, uh, yes, those glimpses, those uh, uh, life-changing snapshots that Robin Jones Gunn has shared, I hope that you were blessed I believe that you were. Inspiration from Robin Jones Gunn, robingunn.com. My friend, God's timing is perfect, and there's no better time than right now to share the love of Christ with someone near you. And look, if you haven't done so, I believe this might be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus Christ. Go to drdanny.live for next steps, find resources to reach family and friends, Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and major platforms. Romans 10, 17, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Robin Jones Gunn, robingunn.com. Until next time, along with my producer, David Nasora, creative director, Brian Torres, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator, Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast 
of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with The Good Life.